We're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike Juan. Co-host also, Mike, is back from, uh, what, what is it called there? Sand or Spice or... <laughs> the Here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to do. When we actually review Dune 2 and uh-huh. when you review it, yeah. I need you to recount the plot for me. I need a man <laughs> of recaps version from yeah. you, please. Yeah. That that needs to happen. Yeah. That'll be a great episode. Well, it's not coming this episode, but you are getting one Mike reviewing Dune 2 this episode. Also, Mike was there with his popcorn bucket, which hasn't been seen since. It's conspicuous by its absence, but he has a review for Dune 2 that is in store uh, in this ORC, as well as we have some Oscar news. We have some trailers to catch up with. A big uh, news show, as it usually is, every Oscar race checkpoint from us here at MMO, Michael. Yeah, and we got a lot of awards, so uh, awards that have been happening left and right. The Indie Spirits, uh, the PGAs, we'll kind of dive into those to some WGA noms, thanks for nothing, WGA, but uh, we got some WGA noms as well. And look, this just came across the wire, by the way, Mike, but yeah. I, I cannot I cannot go forward in this podcast without mentioning to you this piece of news. Again, breaking news, not live on MMO, but is close to it. Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson is getting the starring role in the Naked Gun remake, which will be due out in theaters July 15, 2025, from the Lonely Islands, Akiva Schaefer, and producer Seth MacFarlane. Michael, what do you think of this? They should just put the original trilogy back in theaters. <laughs> I I don't know. Like, Liam Neeson's proven that he can be funny, especially at the hands of Seth MacFarlane, and I guess if anyone's going to be the overly serious cop like Frank Drebin was, he's as good as anyone to pull it off right now. I, you know... I, I don't. Know. I said don't. I don't understand the the reason to remake Roadhouse, and then the Roadhouse trailer came out, and I was like, oh, that looks awesome. So who who know who am I to say anything? <laughs> but I'm just not. Gonna, uh, this is like you know Holy Land for me. You do have two very funny people remaking it with with Schaefer and McFarlane. It's true. Liam Neeson's has been parodied very funnily, but I don't know if he's been that funny. I mean, do you remember if he was funny in that Seth MacFarlane western? I can't remember for the life. He of was. Me. I mean, he he was the character that I expect. Like the, he was overly serious in that. He had the the Ted Two moment where he's trying to buy tricks. I understand these are only for kids. The okay. cereal, you know, he's he's had his moments. He's he's got a chance. Yeah, he's got a chance. It won't be the same. I mean. Just just AI Leslie Nielsen and remake the movie if you want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So, but it seems like you are caution, cautionally pessimistic. Yeah. You might be, you might like it. Might, 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 might take me by surprise. Yeah. Which is your usual demeanor. So that kind of fits. All right. We'll, we'll get into some Oscar news and here's the same take from you. Essentially they're going to do. (laughs) You're not wrong. Maybe. uh, I mean, I kind of like it, but all right. They're going to do a field of dreams format for Scott Feinberg, an exclusive here from the Hollywood reporter, uh, a field of dreams format for the acting winners at this year's Oscars, we're going to have five, you know, previous winners mm-hmm. of each category announce the nominees of each category. Right. And Scott went through it. You guys can watch clips on YouTube. The last time this happened was 15 years ago 
when Sean Penn won won the Oscar for Milk. Uh, he was introduced, for instance, by Adrian Brody, Robert De Niro, Anthony Hopkins, Ben Kingsley, and Michael Douglas. So they did all four acting categories that way that year. And uh, this was heralded by a lot of pundits. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, and it was fun, and it will be fun. It'll be fun at like 723 uh, after Jimmy Kimmel's <laughs> monologue when we see, you know, Anne Hathaway giving Divine Joy Randolph her Oscar. That'll be fun. Where I worry about it is when it's, you know, like 1103 Eastern, and we're already an hour over time because we're starting the Oscars this year an hour earlier at 7 p.m. Eastern. And I got to listen to Eddie Redmayne talk about how Paul Giamatti reinvigorated his love for cheeseburgers at the in and out mm. you know, Like, I like the idea on paper, but it does drag out the show a little longer. I'm going to be a little annoyed if it's like 11 o'clock and I'm listening to those five people introducing the nominees and four of them aren't going to win. You know what I mean? What is it going to take from you for you to enjoy this? Are they all going to have to tell beautiful stories in in T minus twenty seconds a piece? How does this How does this work for you? It doesn't. No, you. Yeah, well, but here's the thing. Like, but this does. is the thing with you. Like, what pleases you, sir? Two hours and forty minutes into nothing. anything. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Wrapping it up. <laughs> I have social anxiety, and I'd rather be doing other things, no matter what the context is. <laughs> I just want to get this out there. I just want to lay the groundwork. All right. So you're going to kind of have the same review that I had for Dune Part 2 a little bit, sort of. Because I didn't love the finale to Dune Part 2, even though it was spectacular. But I, I will say... I was was told by everybody that this movie starts really slow. It takes a while to get into it. And I'm like, that, that was doing one for yeah, me. And then I just never got into it. Mm -hmm. You and I are on an island uh, yeah. with Andrew Morgan of yeah. uh, Recent Activity. What's on Netflix? Shout out to Andrew. We got to get Andrew back on. Yeah, we don't. It's been too long. But Dune Part 2 Island or Dune Part 1 Island of Haters is the three of us. Everybody else loves that movie. Well, mm -hmm. Adnan Verk. He's, he's with us on the okay, island. Okay, good. It's a solid group. Good company That's a good there. Survivor Series team of four. Friend of the show. All right. Mm -hmm. Dune Part 2 had to win me over, and it did, and it won me over with good character work right off the bat, Mike. A lot of good guerrilla warfare scenes uh, involved here, and I really enjoyed it. I love the politics. I love the religious politics, which I did which I was hopeful for during the trailer. I was like, this is a different angle from the, the book that I read. I also didn't like the book. Uh, oh, you didn't? And then, yeah, yeah, I did not like the book. Okay. I listened to that whole book while I was going back and forth to the New York Film Festival two years ago. And I remember just like being so aggravated. It's like just hate <laughs> listening to this book. And I got through it, but it, it, it was just a tough sit. And I was, I was locked into it, but it just wasn't easy. But... Galactic politics, I liked them. I liked Christopher Walken and Florence Pugh. I liked Austin Butler and Leia Seydoux. I don't know why I'm rhyming, but it's true. <laughs> Batista, Chalamet, I mean, they, there was just some, you know, maybe one too many screams from the two of them. But, yeah, I could see this as, like, a Two Towers version of the first one, even though I would have liked, like, a prolonged siege battle sequence at the end. The, the end battle is awesome, but it happens, or at least it felt like it happened a little too quick okay. for my liking. But look, I, Zendaya might be the best performance in the movie. And I, I had uh, 
I had tweeted out that I love the Javier Bardem performance too, and I deleted it because I was like, that's my favorite performance. No, it's not. Zendaya was great. Javier Bardem was great. Rebecca Ferguson was great. Those are my three favorite. But Chalamet was as good as I've seen him as well. And they actually work in kind of the character he takes on uh, towards the end of the movie. They they work that in to, to the part that he's playing Hmm. Uh, behind the scenes and again with the politics. So I really enjoyed that. I just can't believe, I can't believe David Lynch did this story so bad and <laughs> Denis Villeneuve fixed it. Like he, like I'm watching this, oh my God, he fixed this terrible, terrible movie. And in my opinion, uh, the book that didn't work for me, the dude fixed it. So are we talking Oscars legs for these performances? Well, I would doubt that. I would okay. doubt that. I think there's a chance Zendaya or, or Bardem. Okay. I don't think there's going to be any nominations from the the cast. Maybe Austin Butler. He's really good at it. He's and he's so weird. Does he play uh, guitar? I give him credit for. I give him credit for <laughs> losing the guitar voice. That's all I'll say. Oh, that's that. big of you. <laughs> One of your grudges. Yeah, that's 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 a big step. All right. But obviously I it's have gonna be... one grudge and you <laughs> yeah, have how many, but that's I true. have one grudge it's and true. my one grudge gets me in trouble. It's true. Meanwhile, <laughs> erstwhile. No, I think uh, I think it's definitely, you know, in the VFX. Uh, right. I would think for other technicals it's clearly sound, nominated if not winning, yeah. Sound design, VFX, makeup and hairstyling, costumes, production design score probably again it felt like a new score only flourishes of the last score in a few spots so i was really impressed by that okay and then cinematography i would be i would i would be shocked if it's not in there editing i would be shocked if it's not in there i think we're looking at you know as long as there's not like this prejudice against films that came out in march which there can be sometimes Mm -hmm. at least for one of these type of four quadrant big nomination getter type movies when was the last when was the last blockbuster we've seen get a million nominations from march i don't remember that That's a good question I mean, maybe black black panther was well well uh, wasn't everything everywhere that was a south by southwest yeah but that wasn't a blockbuster now. well true. i mean i guess it was an turned into one yeah you're right you're right so turned okay one, yeah. i'm dumb but but no, you're right. It wasn't a studio. Yeah, a big studio, a, a legacy studio a picture. It's, it's a good question. I, I have liked on the the Dune press rolls here. Vanity Fair, I think it was, had all the the big names in a room. You know, Florence Pugh, Austin Butler, Chalamet, Brolin, Zendaya, and uh, Javier Bardem. And they were, like, asking questions about – they put one of them in the chair and the other people would have to answer the question, like, who's my favorite, whatever, growing up. And Javier Bardem was so out of – he didn't give a shit. <laughs> He had no idea whose anyone's anything was. He felt like the old man in the room. He was like out of place. It was charming in a way. But uh, you've seen these these people all get along but in the backstage stuff. Like I remember there was another interview where uh, Brolin was talking to somebody and uh, Austin Butler and Timothy Chalamet just bust through the door and like ran up to hug him. So it seems like yeah. there's a real general kinship and I imagine that'll play out well on screen for the chemistry. But the obvious question for Dune 2 is going to be playing off what happened at the awards end of Dune 1, like, okay, is Villeneuve actually going to get nominated this time? Because he's once again be- being the director and all these, being the composer of all these different parts of the orchestra, so to, so to speak, and putting them together? To me, it's a much better mo- movie. It's a okay. superior film. I, I I would think so, yeah. I, I would think he should be. It, but, but look, I mean, let's be honest. 
2021 was a different landscape. It was a different film landscape. Mm-hmm. I know the strikes have depleted some of the lineup uh, for for the year and what's what's able to to come out this year. I know right. they're holding a lot of things back because there's the, the pipeline has been affected. But I, I don't know, man. I think uh, I would guess yes. I would guess he gets nominated. But I mean, it's so early. Who the hell knows? Right, right. It is very early. Well, actually, but... we know now because this is even before. So. I, we're over a hundred percent accurate. Well, we yeah, we will know. You're right. We should be over a hundred percent because by the time we get past this Oscars, it will be our one hundred percent accurate. Uh, way too early Oscars predictions for next year, and then as yeah. the year goes on, we get less sure of a percentage. So you're right. We we should be over. But 100%. I am even yeah. past the point of certainty right, right now. So yes, he's getting nominated. All right. Well, there you go. From your lips to the movie God's ears. <laughs> the PGAs also were held, uh, what was it, this past weekend here, Michael, the 31st, 35th, I could speak, I swear, the 35th Annual Producers Guild of America Awards, the Daryl F. Zanuck, Zanuck, Zanuck Award for Outstanding Zanuck, Pro- man, Zanuck. What, uh, oh, what industry eight, are you following? I had eight pronunciations and I didn't get it. That That's actually impressive. That's, a, that's impressive. Give me my flowers no. for that. No, no. It's just like, how do you... <laughs> This is year six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just say the big award on the PGAs. I, I wasn't ready to read that name, but fine. It went it went to Oppenheimer like everything else has. Oppie is inevitable. Yes. We know this. So that, yeah, we kind of talked about uh this with Scott. Uh Best Picture is happening. Um this is this cinches it, there's no question. What's second place? I know I asked you that before, but if you had to guess, what I mean the big picture podcast just did a power ranking where they were guessing what's second place. Oh, they, they they figured the zone of interest was actually in second place. I don't think that's the case. No, I don't I, I, wouldn't I, I, I agree that the zone of interest is well liked, but I, I would guess like I don't think poor things needs to win best picture, but I, I, I would honestly guess Anatomy of a Fall, the holdovers those are pro and Barbie and Barbie. It's one of those three, yeah. but I'm not sure. Anatomy of a fall wouldn't surprise me. Zone of interest would surprise me if that's in second place, but are they saying that just on the back of it's probably going to win the non best picture, preferential, best picture ba- preferential ballot holdovers is probably high. That's what I would say too. That's how I would. Yeah. I would figure the exact same. It's got more universal appeal anyway. Yeah. Outstanding producer of animated theatrical motion pictures that went to Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. So this is big, and this is why I wanted the PGA Awards segment today, because The Boy and the Heron has BAFTA, The Boy and the Heron has the Golden Globe, 16 wins on the season, but Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse has PGA, Critics' Choice, and it went 7 for 7 at the Annie Awards. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse has 39 wins on the season. And Mike, I think this is a great race, because when you kind of weigh these two resumes... The Boy and the Heron actually has the larger Oscars crossover, perhaps? Like, hmm. the BAFTA crossover, I would think, is bigger than the producers crossover at the Academy, because that's a smaller group. And then the Annies, is that a smaller group? We just saw the categories, or excuse me, the branches get split. Animated short film right. and an animated feature because the animated feature got too big essentially. Now, does this mean does this mean there's more Spider Verse fans in that branch? I like I I really don't know how to weigh these two resumes, but typically I would say 
you know, somebody a, a, a BAFTA win means a little more than a than like a guild win. For yeah, for the Academy at large, I would tend to agree with you, but I would question. Usually, if something sweeps at a guild like the Annies, it's the no doubter for that category. You know, We've at least gone for through them though. Like the yeah. big winner gets nominated at the Annies. It doesn't necessarily win. Well, anyway, we could uh, we could yeah, bone sweeping, up on this sweeping its noms. You're right. Maybe sweeping is, yeah. is a different scenario, but but then again, what I, is, I mean, are, is the other branches of the academy are they paying attention to a guild like the animators guild either? You know, it's a question. That's I mean, look, it's it's a toss up as far as Vegas is concerned too. Boy and the Heron is still like plus one twenty five, plus one thirty versus yeah. uh, Spider versus you know sometimes it's minus two fifty, minus two hundred. So, so I'm probably so. picking Spider Verse, but that might Same. just be stubbornness at this point. But we'll we'll see. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna do Oscar bets over the weekend and. uh We'll have to see how that shakes out. Documentary features also fascinating here, Michael. And the outstanding producer of a doc feature went to American Symphony. So this is big because <laughs> 20 Days in Mariupol, which had been on a bit of a run, yeah, a mini had. run, I told taking you. BAFTA, taking DGA. <laughs> I told you. As soon as it became the front runner, they took it out <laughs> and they killed it like Christopher <laughs> Moltisanti's wife. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, that scene floods back to me. I mean, never in my life have I been more disturbed. Spoiler alert. It's been 25 uh, years. For the reference. Hopefully people don't know it. Yeah. That scene just shook me to the bone. I just watched it right before calling you. <laughs> 20 Days in Mariupol is the favorite still, but this shows vulnerability. There's no question about it. We have... Uh, movies that have won throughout the season in that category, like A Four Daughters. We have the eternal memory that really won people over when they watched it at Sundance. I mean, we've had Bobby Wine that won people Mm -hmm. over at the IDA. And we have a darling nomination uh, in that fifth spot for the the Tiger movie, Darn It Mike, Catching a Tiger. To, To Kill a Tiger. To Kill a Tiger, thank you. I keep almost... I almost went to New York over the last few weekends to go see it, yeah. just to see that movie. And I wouldn't it have been ironic if you went ability. to go see that movie and then you got mauled to death by a tiger. Anyway, it would be very ironic. Thank and you. I, th- I thank you for your comment. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the anonymous balance, the anon- anonymous ballots might yeah. show a lot of abstentions in the documentary feature category. And I want to shout out Clayton Davis and yep. Scott Feinberg for all these anonymous ballots and how I am addicted to reading every single wouldn't, one of them. It's so if you were, and I love if them, you were an Academy member, wouldn't you just be pushing Clayton and Scott to interview you? Isn't this the highlight? You could stay anonymous. You could trash all these films all you want. You could say whatever you want about them. And you can make the case for your favorite. Like if your buddy made a film and you don't think it's getting enough treat- treatment, this is your case to be like, this is it. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. Like what if... What if you have a way of speaking? Like, if you're Quentin Tarantino, and everything you say is like, all right, okay. Yeah, but it's, on, okay. it's in print. Like, yeah, like, but you can unless use Unless it's a Foghorn Leghorn as a <laughs> I say, I say, you know, like. I don't know. I think it'd be a little tough to pick up otherwise. As good as Scott and Clayton are, there could be a turn of phrase in there that gives you sure. away. To your, to your peers. You, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're disgruntled. You're Did right. anybody see the curb? Your enthusiasm episode, who's disgruntled? You're disgruntled. <laughs> anyway, 
you could be disgruntled right. and be outed wrong. for being disgruntled. You're not wrong. There is that risk, especially amongst people who know you. Yeah. <laughs> I just you're going to grow into you're you're going to be Larry David. God willing. Going to be. <laughs> no, yeah, you're you're Larry David. That's who you are. Yeah. That's how that, that So when you said I want I need you to watch all of Seinfeld. Yeah. What you really said was is I need you to know me better. <laughs> I'm not that manipulative. I just think you should watch Seinfeld. <laughs> I this is a window into my soul, who I am. For our relationship, uh-huh. I need you to watch this to understand. I can me. suggest other things I've watched for you to watch if you'd like. <laughs> it's a movie called American Psycho, and <laughs> which they're also no. remaking, which is crazy. Uh, Why? I don't. I don't have an answer for you. Maybe Liam Neeson can star in that too. So double feature. Um, so for what it's worth, the Vegas odds, 20 Days in Mariupol, still the heavy, heavy favorite, and obviously American fiction, okay. cannot win documentary feature. It was not nominated, but uh, of course it wasn't. It was the, the front runner in doc feature. I do wonder at these award shows that don't necessarily... So it's not like the documentary feature branches voting at the PGAs, even though there might there probably is some crossover, right? I do wonder yeah. at these award shows that where the... Main, the category isn't the fixture and the main focus of that award show. If people just fill out their ballots based on ease of access, like, oh, American Fiction, I saw that because it was on Netflix. 20 Days in Mariupol, I have to search out a little bit. I didn't get to it. I know they're all on the, the Academy streaming. I understand that. But I wonder if that plays a role. There's a lot of abstentions in Clayton right. Davis's, you know, ballots there, anonymous ballots. So I, I just feel like. I feel like maybe people will abstain. A lot of people will abstain. Yeah. Then it's going to come down to the people who actually watch these movies, and they won't just vote for the topical issue. They won't just vote for the movie that's won the most awards. They'll probably have seen the category, and then anything we, can win. We've seen we got to talk to a laissez-faire Academy member. We can't have someone who's like super into voting. We can't have somebody who doesn't care at all. We need that middle <laughs> of the road. I need to know what they do. We need the swell... Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Member. And she's on her way to be to joining. So once <laughs> she gets right. in there, yeah. All right, good. Speaking of people, we got to get back on. Yeah, we do. But anyway, all although right. she's uh, gone totally you... Hollywood on me sometimes, like oh, waiting yeah. days to respond for texts. It's ridiculous. I feel like I'm like someone I'm trying to. Well, date. we haven't had her on. We haven't featured her on the yeah. show in how long? It's That's our true. fault. That's it's your true. fault. Yeah, it's I'll really t- your fault. It's not. I'll, my take, fault. I'll take the blame, but I'll take it out on her. Don't worry. Great. 39th <laughs> Independent Spirit Awards happened. That's going to be the centerpiece of this show, Michael. We have, I guess we could start with some winners and tallies, but we have some big wins. All right. Can we start? I didn't watch all, I only watched some clips, but I did watch the opening monologue. Best opening monologue ever? Great opening monologue. <laughs> I was I was dying laughing. So good. Dying laughing. So good. And, and it's a rule of thumb that we have said for years on this show, just Hire the women of SNL to host your award show, right? <laughs> I ne- I never laugh at anything anymore. I really don't. I just <laughs> I fake it when I'm laughing on this show, just for you know, because I know I have to. Of course, I mean the rats need <laughs> their like, cheese. I've told you before. We're just these are bits. These are characters we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> the rats need their cheese, and if I don't laugh at your jokes, I mean we're right. going to be wind up in a paper next week. <laughs> so. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, you're, no, you're, no, you're not. And you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I need this. I died laughing when she went into her roasting segment. Oh, my I God. Was it was the, That's the best myself. part of any awards monologue I can remember. 
I, like I cannot remember something that made me that took me that by surprise. And that, Natalie Portman, how you doing, you stupid bitch? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, taking this out of context, yeah. we're gonna seem like bad, terrible. People. Right. However, yes. However, watch the monologue. Well, but here's the thing: now, if they watch the monologue, you've spoiled it. So it's, that's it's, that's we, fine. I'm okay with it. Either I still way, think we're bad delivers. people. No, it was the funniest freaking thing I've ever seen in my life. I agree. Yeah, so, yes, Bryant. Overall. And- Taking down she people she knows and is close to that was a great. I do. You have to go seek it out. It's like five minutes. And she so was good. great all night. She kept popping good. in and she was funny all night. So good. Was, yes. Absolutely. And, and the indie spirits get this right. I mean, we said this. We had high marks for uh, Aubrey Plaza when she hosted back in the day. Absolutely. You know, yeah, I mean, Nick Offerman was not as good, even though he was another highlight on the night with a great speech. He, well, he did have a good speech. Uh, I did see that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right. he wasn't as good. Let's talk about winners from the Independent Spirit Awards. The Holdovers won three. Of course, Divine Joy Randolph, she won Best Supporting Performance. Dominic Sessa took Best Breakthrough. And the Holdovers won Best Cinematography. Yeah, Divine Joy Randolph uh, delivered yet another strong speech, and that's another marker on her sweep there. Because, again, these are combined categories at the Independent Spirit Awards. Sessa winning Breakthrough and shouting out his high school drama teachers and the program and the personnel as incessantly as gen and as genuinely as he did just reminded us all like oh my god what a discovery this kid was you know taken out of the classroom and put in a movie i'm upset he's as charming as he is in real life he really was i wanted him to be more hateable i love all the anakin memes by the way when he was at the baptist why was he (laughs) why was he looking he was what do they call that like Glowering, glowering, <laughs> scowling, scowling, scowling is a word. I don't think glowering no. is. I'm pretty sure glowering is, but glowering, uh, spell it, please. G L O W E R I N G A U E R. Wow, you're right. Have an angry or sullen look on one's face. Scowl. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. Good for you. How how is it spelled though? I was joking. It's glowering. It? Yeah, glowering. Yeah, glowering. Yeah. He was glowering. All right. I know a glower when I see a glower. You, I will never question you and your use of glower ever again. <laughs> well, you you mean the last part of what you just said. But <laughs> I, I do. I do enjoy Dominic Sessa thanking his his high school. Uh, it was that was a lot of fun. I was surprised the holdovers had that much success and didn't win best feature, but it didn't. Past Lives did. It was one of its two wins on the night. Past Lives wins feature, and it wins director for Celine's song, which was a cool win. American Fiction also walked away with two. Jeffrey Wright won lead performance. Core Jefferson best screenplay. Well, how about this, Mike? Do you think, do you think the holdovers would have benefited by winning more on the night? Like if Paul Giamatti was in the lead performance category and he won it instead of Jeffrey Wright, does that help? In the last two days of voting, does that help Giamatti get over the top of Killian Murphy on the win? It's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, I would think, no, it's probably too late. People have probably already started to cast their ballots and turn them in. Maybe you'd get a couple stragglers. I don't know that it would it would make that much of a difference for one. But for two, like I, I look at this, these winners and Court Jefferson winning best screenplay, I could absolutely see that being convincing someone to be like, well, he hasn't lost all year. I'm not going to pick someone else in this category at the Oscars that he's in. I always feel like it's an opportunity when they do win, and it's a help when they do win. I wonder how much it means and would have put somebody over the top like the holdovers in this instance. But when we, when we saw the nominations come out eons ago, we were like, Does, is this going to 
bite the holdovers in the ass. We yeah. knew why it happened. It was a couple instances where like big names establish people that that uh, are quote unquote movie star level. Mm-hmm. They were not nominated at the Indie Spirits because it's the Indie Spirits, right? Right. I mean, it's we may, it makes sense that they weren't nominated necessarily. It, it's an opportunity for other people. But hey, Jeffrey Wright, really nice moment. American Fiction. It's like a full circle moment that American Fiction won at the festivals, TIFF and, and Middleburg, etc., and then wins here at the end of the season. Like you said, lead performance and best screenplay and Court Jefferson's speech. My God, my favorite speech in a long time. It was so heartfelt and sincere, and I, I, I believed it. I believed every word. I mean, he's discussing how he's like been cynical about the industry, but like this award season, season ironically, has made him feel accepted for one of the first times in his life. <laughs> well, you've been winning like, everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would hope. I want this. Is there an <laughs> award season for me at some point where I can? And anyway, it felt really, I felt really good for him. And then, yeah, Celine Song, who, by the way, great episode of Awards Chatter uh, from Scott again uh, to just, you know, continue to uh, hype him up. Celine Song. Always good on stage. And again, another full circle kind of win. I mean, she won at Sundance starting off the year, and then she won a bunch at the Gothams and wins here at the Indie Spirit. So that's cool to see. Yeah, if I had to place my bets like we've done here plenty of times before, I would think that the speech is... Every hour of every day. (laughs) I had to delete the apps, actually. I've been on not a a good streak, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, (laughs) I'll download them again tonight. But anyway... Uh, we've talked about before here how I, I and I think it's true. The speeches probably mean more to sway any kind of momentum in someone's favor more so than the wins necessarily. Especially at least at the lower pre- precursors, the wins obviously mean more at like you know the Guild Awards and BAFTA and stuff like that. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I think for Celine Song, especially for Corey Jefferson, especially they've been two of the breakout stars of this year. It's cool to see them win. Mm. Greta Lee as well, I think, has been a uh, a huge breakout performance and a huge winner of award season this year. I know she didn't win here yeah. at the Indie Spirits, but just seeing the way she's been in different interviews and looked in magazines and the way she's been handling herself and, and all that, I think she, she's got a rocket strapped to her back and she's going to be a big player because of what past lives has done both for her and in this award season this past year. Yeah, I agree. And uh, It only took me 17 yeah, I mean, takes, but I got through it. Good for me. You, you got through it. Yeah. <laughs> To the point where I'm just heckling you. Yeah, I needed it, though. I appreciate it, yeah. (laughs) I won't speak for the rest of this episode now. (laughs) No, you have to read the next set of winners. You have have to do... It actually works... May, transitions perfectly. May December won best first screenplay. Anatomy of a Fall is back to winning its international feature races that it's in. And Four Daughters won best documentary. Well, I'll tell you this much. May, December... Pretty good speech. Anatomy of a Fall. Justine Trier did not give a good speech this time. I don't know if she's just tired or she kind of listed off. She did like the sweaty, you know, uh, crumpled paper thing. She hmm. kind of read off of that. That was a fir- maybe I'm expecting too much because the la- the Baptist speech was an all timer. Hilarious. I still say that would be one of the greatest Oscar moments of all time. She if should they do that. Accept the award and then she pushes her husband off the stage. It would be great. Or if the now, lights that, go that out said, and then he's off the stage. And so we don't know if she pushed him. It would be a great moment for us nerds. <laughs> Nobody will remember it like two and a half years from now. Just let me but. have my moments, man. 
<laughs> a thousand and one one first feature for av rockwell how to blow up a pipeline one editing you've been on that all year showing up won, won the robert altman award and fremont won the john cassavetes award all worthy winners uh i would say robert altman slight edge over john cassavetes they were announced they were questioning every single person on the red carpet Altman or Cassavetes? Altman or Cassavetes? And everybody was just like, I like them both. <laughs> no, I like you gotta make it, you gotta take a stand. You gotta say one or the other. I even though I like Cassavetes, I went through a phase in college where I was just like watching every one of his films. Mm. But Al- Altman, as I grow older, I'm more Altman. And, okay. y- and you watch something of Altman's lately. You were saying uh, the player. You were like, y- yeah. yeah, you were yeah. pumping him up. So that was good. I would agree. Altman player takes a wild left turn too was not i haven't seen it yet that's one of the few that i haven't watched it's good but yeah yeah. not where i expected it to go uh tv winners let's talk about those at the indie spirits beef one two all beef does is win it won new scripted series and ali wong won again for lead performance the last of us won two nick offerman for supporting performance gave a great speech kivan montreal woodward for breakthrough performance dear mama took home non-scripted or doc series and jury duty won best ensemble cast Really good TV slate there. And yeah, like I said about Nick Offerman, one of the better acceptance speeches in a while. And then the jury duty jokes all night were funny. So good on them. They were working in the jury duty. Have you duty watched shit. that? You have, right? Love jury duty. I have to watch it still. Oh, you have to watch that. Yeah. That was nuts. I've seen clips of it. That, you know how it goes. What, what the fuck? All right, just move on. Take a deep breath. Move on. We got WG. Because why would you spoil it? Ah, you, you didn't move on. You were so close. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched Jenny Slate's uh, new stand-up on Amazon yet? You want me to piss you off? There's I've just... seen clips. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not lying. <laughs> when she does a non sequitur and she just screams so loud, like. <laughs> kills me kills me every time she's She's so funny she's one of those people i'm glad uh, she was on snl for a little bit i think it was only one season but she it's like she doesn't i'm glad she got away from snl it seemed like her type of comedy she was able to flourish more without it but that's just the kroll show jenny slate yes the jenny slate i will never forget in my entire life she's so funny in that goddamn show and then obviously on uh you know uh everything else she's done oh well i mean of course is uh Community? No, I'm sorry. No, she was not. What the hell? Not not community. What? Where? Where? Her and John Ralphio. Uh, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Thank you. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Yeah. (laughs) Daddy, money, money, please. (laughs) 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 Let's just let's just Chris Farley show Jenny Slate jokes for the rest of our day. I can do that for Ben Schwartz for sure. Yeah. Uh, We have WGA nominations. We do. (laughs) Original screenplay noms as they came out for the WGAs are here. Uh, Air for Alex Convery, Barbie, Greta Gerwig, and Noah Baumbach. Maybe you've heard of them. The Holdovers, David Hemmingson. May, December for Sammy Birch and Alex Mechanic. And Past Lives for Celine Song. A good five. I really enjoy this five. We were banging the table for Air all season. The snub here, the Oscar-nominated snub is Maestro. I'm not sure if that was eligible. The Oscar-nominated not eligible snub quote-unquote snub it's not really is anatomy of a fall mm-hmm. otherwise non-eligibles include fallen leaves the boy in the hair and the teacher's lounge memory fingernails and the sundance winner a thousand and one all of those thanks to variety michael anatomy of a fall not going to get hurt this time around though because wgas are happening months from now 
So I, I think these nominations came and went. I don't think it's going to affect the winner on Oscar Sunday now, but if somebody else won at the WGAs and like you said, delivered a fantastic speech mm. and maybe they go on to win four Oscars. The framing of this trophies. is pretty, is pretty uh, exact as to what we were predicting <laughs> right. because it was like, you know, we said six or seven options for five spots and that's pretty much what we're I was here. trying to make parasite references there, but you didn't take the bait. I knew where you were going. That's why I cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> Heard it anyway. loud and clear. <laughs> Heard multiple awards, and I got my heart skipped a beat. Uh, adapted screenplay noms. <laughs> American fiction, Corey Jefferson is nominated. Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret, from Kelly Freeman Craig. Killers of the Flower Moon, Eric Roth and Martin Scorsese. Nyad, Julia Cox and Oppenheimer. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Nyad has done so much better <laughs> than... Since you hated yeah, it? Yeah. 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 You're the good, you're the good luck, James. Yeah, I might be. You're, I've you're certainly the, been uh, that way for the teams I've gambled against lately. Can I be honest with you? Uh, I rewatched Nyad, and I enjoyed that rewatch get it. so much that I was afraid to tell you for weeks. Yeah, I don't get it. What drove you? What was the decision-making process where you were like, I have to rewatch Nyad? I rewatch everything. That's, That's fine. I just Why did. Nyad specifically that day? <laughs> I, it was a Sunday evening, and my parents were like, show me an Oscars like, movie. Oh, it was after Sunday dinner, uh-huh. and I I showed them. And I, here's the thing. I didn't want to, like, pay <laughs> right. okay. $20 for, for, like, American fiction. No, this was, this was even before that. I, I didn't want to pay $20 for a PVOD Oscars rewatch. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, well, Nyad's on. I, I showed Nick them Nolte's the trailer, yeah. and they loved it. And I was like, all right, maybe I'll hate watch it. And this movie won me over, and they freaking went crazy for it. And it was nice to – I always like – I'm an impressionable guy, I guess. No, I like no, it makes a lot of sense. Enjoy. Yeah, if people I, – I totally get that. If, if you but I not. was into it. I was, like, in tears at the end of it. And I was just like – I was afraid to tell you. Did I watch a different movie? <laughs> Everybody I seems to thought like I watched movie. a different movie. Yeah. I did not like the first watch. I despised it. I rewatched Nyad and I really liked it. It doesn't hurt that like Jodie Foster's really, really awesome. She's uh, Reese Efons. That I can never say his name correctly. He's very good in it. The performances are great, and Annette Bening is very good in it. And swimming, it's kind. Of, it, it is acting. She's acting while she's <laughs> swimming, man. <laughs> I think she does get a lot of credit, and I haven't given her nearly enough credit, for literally acting that much in the water and being in a bathing suit the whole time and, like, having to, yeah, fend for herself. That is, that does Unbelievable. Take, it's quite the physical achievement. You and me would, I mean, yeah. we would ask the question, is sinking acting? <laughs> she sink like a stone. <laughs> anyway, the uh, Oscar noms not eligible for adapted screenplay where American Fiction, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Oppenheimer, Oscar noms that are in the five. Poor Things in the Zone of Interest were not eligible. Wait a minute, I'm missing one. No, Killers of the Flower Moon was snubbed, Jesus. Barbie was the other adapted Oscar nominee that is in original for, at the WGAs, right. not in original here. Killers of the Flower Moon, see I would just, I went right past, remember that snub? We do this too much. We do this, we do this Oscars podcasting thing so much 
that, that we anyway what the hell i don't not know eligible. what you're talking about <laughs> also not eligible it was the babbling phase of the week because all, right. uh, all of us strangers the taste of things blackberry society of the snow spider-man across the spider-verse teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem you like how, how i include you. all of yeah, my favorite exactly things? <laughs> exactly <laughs> these snubs how dare they snub these movies <laughs> If BlackBerry came out in like October, mm-hmm. would it have been taken more seriously? Could be. I think it's done really well based on top ten lists on like Hulu. It was like number three on the Hulu top ten or something. I don't know. It was at it was on a, one of the top ten lists I saw a while back on like somewhere. I forget. Like, Is it a better movie than VOD? BlackBerry? Yeah. You you love BlackBerry. I'm you? asking you. No. I'm asking your rent your opinion. Is it a better movie than Nyad? Yeah, I think so too. But I, I, I like both. I like I like Blackberry. I like Nyad. They both yeah. kind of fall apart at the end, performance-wise. Yeah. I okay. despise the performance at the end of not a Blackberry. <laughs> but not, not Glenn's performance. So who's the other guy from? Uh, James out of my Baruchel? league. Yeah. yeah, his performance at the end of that movie was so bad. Okay. The... All right. Even though I love the the ending scene of the movie. We are ranting and raving. We have to move on to some Oscar trailers. A bunch came out. This list has grown. I saw the TV glow, Michael. I just added this because it just came I out saw it. before yeah. we hit record. Okay. What did you what did you think of the TV glow? It's, a, it's like a throwback to Snick days. Or, or like if you're trying to <laughs> trying to solve a mystery if by way of being sucked into the Are You Afraid of the Dark World? <laughs> Yes. Right? That is what I saw the TV glow reminded me of, too. I couldn't put my finger on it. I was like, what the hell is this? It, it feels familiar. That's right. That's absolutely right. You have you never write on this show. I, I always <laughs> disagree with you. I never agree with you. And um, ergo, you're wrong. But and is that what happens? Right? These, these guys, But it doesn't seem like the kids watching the show are the kids in the world in this trailer. It seems like they're proxies, maybe? I think there's some dueling timelines. I think they're flashing yeah, back they're younger, to when they were yeah. kids. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, but I kind of dig it. I'm into this. I, sure. I like Jane Schoenbrunn. We're all going to the World's Fair. She, she did a really good job with that. Yeah, Justice Smith. I like him. Dungeons & Dragons. If this, one's marketed correctly, if this one's marketed correctly, it could do really well at the box office. I hope it does really well. A24, May 3rd. We'll see. Yeah. Um, A24 has got a, a slate that just... They're, they're coming out one after another. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. I can't wait to see Love Lies Bleeding. That's one of my most anticipated films yeah, in a good. long time. I really can't wait to see that. I'm going to see that ASAFP. Otherwise, we have a movie here that I don't know how excited I am about watching. But I know how excited I am. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm very angry about this mustache. Okay. Just I'm just angry with it because there's no die you cannot dye your mustache <laughs> in the 1800s and he's got this jet black mustache kevin costner and we all know he's 70 fucking what years old yeah not a bad not a bad criticism can't argue he's got with a that. tony stark mustache yeah but horizon and american saga part one will come out on june 28th michael from wb august 16th will be part two i like this innovation from wb putting out the two parts two parts of the year i like that they're gonna come out with chapters three and four as well if it's anything near you know yellowstone and it gets any 
portion of that audience, then this is going right. to work for them. Which is right, clearly what this is. I mean, this is a yeah. play to get the Yellowstone audience to go to the theaters, right? Probably reach across based, the aisle a little bit. It's based off a really popular book series, a really okay. popular book. So right. I'm glad that they're blowing it out. You have indigenous people here that, where it seems like it's in their POV. It's in their perspective. There's enough narrative emphasis in the trailers to where I hope that's the case. So if it's not the case, this has been a long-standing wrong in Hollywood storytelling. So if they screw that up, obviously everybody's going to hate this, including us. I tell you, it didn't inspire a whole lot of hope in me that that's being handled the correct... I mean, to me, it looked like in this trailer the Native Americans are clearly the antagonists. I think they're at war with the, yep. the white characters, but yep. I, I'm, sh- I mean, you got some of the gla- most glowering <laughs> actors of our time, <laughs> right? In here, Michael Rooker. I mean, Giovanni Ribisi was not in the trailer, but yeah, he was. I mean, there we're going to have a one shot of him. Uh, okay, you saw him. Yeah, but but what's his name? Delivering the opening monologue is is what's his name? Oh my God, Danny Just, Houston. I, I, Danny Houston. I praised yeah. him. In my notes here, I like the monologue, even though it was despicable about manifest destiny and all that stuff. That's so he's probably yeah. a heel. Uh, well, that's so what I, I mean. I, like, so manifest destiny is the really, really polite way of talking about colonization. <laughs> yeah, but I think I don't think I would be shocked if they covered it in a way that's like pro manifest destiny. No, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched Yellowstone. <laughs> I don't know either. I have not watched I don't watched know what the framing of that either. show is. No, but that that's a contemporary show. This is an old Western epic. I, it seems like you have Tatanka Means' character, and he was very good in Killers of the Flower Moon, by the way, and it seems like him and his son are characters in this. Like there's Okay. Well, I'll withhold judgment until uh, we get some reviews on it. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Well, let's talk about the Watchers, and yeah. I have I have a bone to pick with someone in the Watchers, Michael. Okay. Uh, but this is Ishana Knight Shyamalan. This is also from WB. She is M Knight Shyamalan's daughter. It's her directorial debut. It comes out June seventh. Looks like an M Knight movie, which is cool. Dakota Fanning, Owen Fuer of Midsommar. So you know it's I mean Harbinger of Doom. Talk about yep. Harbinger of Doom. Georgina Campbell was in Barbarian, Michael. Okay. That is a hidden. What what is the bad guy monster of the movie Barbarian? We don't know from the marketing. Mm-hmm. Georgina Campbell is in a movie called Lovely Dark and Deep. Okay. It's about not Bigfoot. All right. It should be about Bigfoot because people <laughs> disappear in national parks every year because Bigfoot eat them. We know sure. this naturally. I know this. These are facts. People in the know right. know this. Mm-hmm. Georgina Campbell made a made a trailer or I don't know if she's responsible for the trailer, but she stars in the movie where the trailer seems to say it's not Bigfoot. It's a bunch of other, whatever the fucks in the forest. Okay. Here you have another hidden monster movie that Georgina Campbell's in three for three, Michael. Who yeah. is this? Yeah. Cra- crab uh, people. Is it crab people? They look like <laughs> crab talk like people. Who is in this? I don't know. <laughs> crab people. I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it seems like maybe the mirror person type thing that we got a hint of in um, Suspir- the Suspiria remake. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Here's what I know. I feel like with every M. Night Shyamalan trailer that comes out, I turn into the Bernie Sanders meme 
where he's walking around in the snow and he's like, hello, I am once again asking for your help to contribute. Like, I am once again here begging M. Night Shyamalan to give up movie making and just go into cutting trailers. Because whether it's him or whoever cuts the trailers for anything he has his hands on, they are, they, it's the height of intrigue. They know how to cut a trailer to make you want to see the movie, and there's no bigger disparity between the intrigue caused by the trailer for one filmmaker and that filmmaker's payoffs than an M. Night Shyamalan trailer versus movie. He's a producer. Obviously, it's his daughter's work here, so he might be cutting this trailer. It feels like it. Remember when he was nominated for Oscars? We can look at his career someday, and are we going to be like if he does one more banger? He needs we're to, right? Look at yeah. His career, and we're going to say what a great career. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. But <laughs> we thought that was going to be glass, right? There's there's a bunch in a row. Like it's, remember it's the ending of 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 whatever that movie was with James Michael. McAvoy, Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Split, but Glass yeah. was the sequel to Split. Steven Soderbergh yeah, or M. Right. Night Shyamalan? Who do you distrust more? Soderbergh. Who do you trust? <laughs> I, I trust Shyamalan. I have an idea of what I'm getting from Shyamalan every time I go There's to a, theater. I saw oh, really? Old in theaters. I knew exactly what I was signing up for. <laughs> Critics would say Soderbergh, Soderbergh, excuse me, he has a higher floor. M. Night has gotten panned. I don't disagree with that at all. Absolutely, Soderbergh has a higher floor. But I know there's a 95% chance I'm going to be disappointed with an M. Night Shyamalan movie. There's like a 50% chance I'm going to be disappointed with a Soderbergh. I'm 75 now, lately. And, but there's like a hope that it could be... Like, when Shyamalan... All Shyamalan has to do is like be okay. And I'm like, I'm satisfied. Soderbergh, like the best of Soderbergh is like Academy Award winning level good. Mm-hmm. And he never gets expectations there. rule the day, yeah, and you're the most vulnerable. Yeah. They rule the day. I try so Nobody hard to, to go in with no expectations. Everybody wants to right. say it's all about objectivity. Yeah, as right. a moviegoer, as a critic, I call bullshit. You know it's bullshit. I know it's bullshit. You're stating the fact that it's bullshit. We yeah. have double standards. We have double standards for the types of movies we watch, and here you are with a double standard for M Night Shyamalan. Slash Steven Soderbergh murders. You have two two different standards for each of them. Yeah, you're not wrong. Don't you? You're, you're exactly right. Mm. Exactly right. I just... We all do it. We all do it. You do it. I do it. Everybody does it. I will be watching this movie. <laughs> Trailer was <Me> great. <laughs> I also liked it. I, we, we, we spoke nothing about the trailer. It <laughs> felt like... What was that? Oh, God. Here's a portion <laughs> of the episode. Who is this famous writer about the the, the p- people in a cage with aliens on an alien planet? What the hell was that story? Kurt Vonnegut, <laughs> Slaughterhouse-Five. Congratulations. <sighs> it took me a long time. To this is it. a good episode for you to edit. <laughs> <laughs> remembered. No, I'm going to regret it. Uh, I'm going to regret Signing up for this detail. Anyway, speaking of uh, shit details, Borderlands. (laughs) No, look at this was a fantastic trailer, Borderlands, Mm. in my opinion. Directed by Eli Roth. I just watched Thanksgiving. I still have to say. Yeah. Ew. I 
hated that movie. It wasn't that bad. It was just <laughs> disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> he pushed every single button I had. I wanted to vomit. I literally fast-forwarded in one scene. I knew it was coming. I fast-forwarded <laughs> it. I'm not going to lie. Okay. All right. It's just so disgusting. Skeeved out so hard. Eli Roth, I can't watch his movies. I just cannot do it. Was it more anyway. like stomach churning than Hostel? The first time you saw Hostel? I never seen Hostel. Oh, you've never seen I Hostel. won't. I refuse to watch it. Yeah, it's for never the best seen the Cannibal movie. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, he does get I think a I, little intense. I think I watched ten minutes of Hostel and then I just said, "Okay, I'm not doing it." Well, the first time, I mean, the first half of Hostel is just a porn. Yeah, I watched ten minutes of that. And I was just like, yeah. "Not yeah. do it." At any moment, I know what's. <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> anyway, Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, Ariana Greenblatt, Jamie Lee Curtis. They're the big five in this. Yeah. And you got Gina Gershon, Edgar Ramirez, Bobby Lee, $100 million budget, Lionsgate. Well, can I just ask you, do you like the Borderlands video game series? Are you familiar uh, with it at all? So here's my worry for this movie, and it ties into how I feel about the video game. Like, I, I was never a Borderlands guy. I never took the dive in. I never played them. They haven't had a main saga chapter since 2019. Hmm. It's not like an all-timer of a video. I I consider myself, I'm not like a heavy gamer, but I played video games my entire life. I still do to this day. And I know a lot about, you know, I'm not like an early adopter with video games, but I'm like in the main cog. I I, I know a lot about a lot of video games and even stories and characters to like the major ones that I've never actually played. I don't know anything about Borderlands. Because it's just never, to me, risen to that prestige where it's like, oh, I, I need to know something about the lore of it because it's that important to the video game market. So I do have this fear about, I wonder how well-known this property is going to be outside of, like, hardcore fans. I, if you don't know, I don't know. Because I don't know. I, but this is a $100 million budget. Lionsgate yeah. thinks it is. It does look good. I, I'm not going to lie. The trailer was good. good. I mean, and it was funny. I'm going to be afraid to watch this because it's Eli Roth. He just yucky. He's yucky. Yeah, he's but he's gross. done mainstream stuff be... that's been okay. Like what? I, don't, I can't remember. I, I can't remember, remember Eli either. Roth's. <laughs> <laughs> I could have sworn he did, though. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the Green Inferno, no. Death no. Wish. Did he remake Death Wish? Yeah, he did with Bruce Willis. Ugh. Yeah. Knock Knock. That was the best Eli Roth movie, and even that movie grossed me out. I can't watch Cabin Fever. Never yeah, watched right. it. Never. Right. Never you're will. Right. Yeah, he's out there. All right. I thought he had more. Well, I could be wrong. The House with a Clock in Its Walls. There you go. That was a kid's movie. The movie was not good. Yeah, was he, it? I, I don't know. Jack Black didn't get beheaded or anything in it, did he? Is this a kid's movie? Borderlands? I don't, I don't think, think so, so, man. Yeah, I think this a, is a. I don't I think know. It's it doesn't MA have rating. Game. I think you're right. I think the game's MA. Mature audiences. I would guess this is rated R, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's PG 13. If it's PG 13, maybe I'll see it. If it's rated R, I'm going to be a scaredy cat and I don't want to see it. I am I very curious see to see the first weekend's box office receipts for it to see yeah. how widespread this is. Well. We have ground this episode to a halt, but <laughs> Boy Kills World was another trailer. I think we both liked, so it's yeah. worth mentioning. This was a TIFF premiere, 71% on Rotten Tomatoes, 14 reviews, 69 Metascore, nice. Moritz Moore? I, I'm not familiar with his work as a director, but again, Lionsgate. Bill Skarsgård ripped 
He was Pennywise the Clown from mm-hmm. It. Now he's just this ripped action star. His stills for The Crow just came out today, too. He's still got a six-pack. Uh, Famke Jansen of X-Men, uh, Jean Grey there. Charlotte Copley of District 9. Michelle Dockery of Downton Abbey just showing up in this. Uh, Boy Kills World with Andrew Koji of Warrior. H. John Benjamin's voice here, Michael, which we thought was uh, interesting. Was and then... Nicholas Crivetti, the child actor from Goodnight Mommy, uh, he's also in Big Little Lies. He's a good actor. So this felt like a fun action movie premise, a slight little twist innovation there with the mute action hero, Bill Skarsgård, inner monologue. That's H. John Benjamin uh, of Archer. What would you think of this? I thought it was fun. I thought the trick they pulled with the H. John Benjamin voiceover, they're painting this picture of Bill Skarsgård being this vengeful God, basically, trying to hunt down the Fomka Jansen character who killed his whole family. And it's tough to take seriously because H. John Benjamin is supposed to be this guy's inner voice. And I'm like, this this guy is this ripped and this angry and this full of vengeance. And I'm supposed to buy that his inner monologue is H. John Benjamin's voice. But that turns out to be the last voice he hears on a video game that he was playing when he was made deaf by <laughs> Fomka Jansen. So that's a nice twist. Oh, my God. I like that. I, li- I like yeah. that little twist on it. And it looks good. Seems good. I mean, it's like this... Running Man, Battle Royale, Hunger Games type event thing that it's building up towards, but we're going to flash back to, to him like getting his way to the boss in the video game kind yeah. of thing, fighting his way there. Kind of remind like some Dread vibes, Carl Urban, 2013, back in the day. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm yeah. into it, or at least I'm into the idea. All right, I'm going to f- kind of bookend this episode with some reviews. I want to talk about two things, Oscar-y. Uh, Jay Timothy's number one. Jay Timothy's is the best hot wings on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. Have you ever been, Mike, in Plainville, Connecticut? I have. Love. I mean, I figured it was your old stomping grounds up there near mm-hmm. near stores, Yukon. Uh, but I went to the Plainville AMC A list to see Perfect Days. This was Koji Yakusho, okay. Vim Vendors. Yeah. So I'm up there. It's literally walking distance. To Jay oh, Timothy's. Cool. Jay Timothy's is a humongous restaurant. Yes. yes, it is. Tavern. Quite large. There was one seat at the bar at 1220. I had to squeeze in a meal there before my movie. And God am I glad I did. And I brought AM or PM? Wings. AM. Uh, there was well, one no, seat. Uh, you had to. You, wait, PM, wait. PM, PM, PM. Yeah, Noon. okay, okay. 1220. Okay. <laughs> You're housing hot wings for a 1 a.m. movie? Yeah, baby, baby, <laughs> for my 1 a.m., you know, past midnight screening of a movie about a janitor who just yeah. does chores, walks around, does chores very slowly, might I add, and smiles so charmingly that it's 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 beyond irresistible. And then he listens to a beautiful song. And that's the movie, On Loop. And it cast a spell on me. It's the most kind of methodical script I've just seen say in the boring. longest time. Just say boring. It could be boring yeah. to another man at right. another time right. if he had not eaten the most delicious <laughs> on meal of cloud nine from his wings, yeah. Just like... just <laughs> jo- Oh, my God. I haven't had a better meal since maybe the next movie I'll talk about. But... <laughs> He's just cleaning toilets, driving his van around Tokyo. It's what it said it was. Perfect days. And it's really good. B plus all day. When the what story is the antagonist? Actually... 
the story kicks in at a few different moments. If you watch the trailer for Perfect Days, I don't know if you have, a few events happen. And when they do, they're very emotional. And it just hit me, man. It just hit me like a, a movie hasn't hit me in a while. Like, I don't know. My life is boring. And I just go, instead of cleaning toilets, I go to movies. And I work <laughs> with kids and whatever. And I'm a boring guy like him. And and yet, like, he gets these real life, real shit goes down. And when it does, it, it matters all the more. I, I felt a kinship to this character. Good. And I never thought I would. Well, good. And I'm I, glad to hear that. I really, I loved him. I loved him. <laughs> I loved you want me to his, say it? I'll say this it. Man. You want to break me down? <laughs> Kochi Yakusho, one of the great going out scenes, by the way, ever. Like credit scenes, just think like linger on his face. Huh. Chalamet at the end of Call Me By Your Name. George Clooney at the end of Michael Clayton. Obviously Hoffman and Ross at the end of The Graduate. One of those type of yeah, uh, the be- the probably the best performance in one of those shots ever. Uh, high marks. All right, big fan of that. I like that. I also went to Bar Taco okay. in between my Oscar nominated shorts viewings. I think I kind of teased this in the, the couple episodes ago, but I, I do want to. I don't want to punch down because I didn't like some of these shorts. That happens. I did like. I really liked some shorts and I watched some at home. Like the, all the documentary shorts are available. Like you guys can just watch them. You can watch them everywhere. The ABCs of book bannings on uh, Paramount plus you have the Barber of little rock. That's, that's just on YouTube or the New Yorker, I believe website Barber of little rock. Excellent. Uh, about a, a guy doing like superhero stuff for his community, starting a bank out of a barber shop. I can't get over huh. it. What huh. they should make a feature about this guy. Uh, and then the ABCs of book banning, big fan, big fan of that one. It's, it, it, I tell you, it felt a little PBS-y, but I was okay with it. It, okay. it worked for me. I don't think PBS did it, obviously. But animated shorts, our uniform, really charming. Eight minutes, by the way. I think you gotta, you can't watch it online though. You gotta go to the movie theaters to see it. And then the war is over. Short is excellent. It's. It's a, it's it's a based on a French movie that I watched, or I don't know if it's based on it, but it's based on the same story. Joyeux Noël. Remember the Christmas French movie about the ceasefire, World War One. I? I remember the Twelve Good. Days of Christmas one, the short. Okay, that we watched, that where the guy just keeps bringing the girl all kinds of birds. It's kind of a similar story to that. So that was really good in terms of the animated shorts, and then in the live action, I really liked uh, Night of Fortune, which is has has the heaviest premise, and then it's actually very funny. And then it's very sad again, and it kind of puts you on this roller coaster of emotions of com comedy, drama, and then heartfelt. And that might win actually, just based on the the merits of the movie. It felt like a previous winner in this category, but the, what I want never wins these categories. So I would say the wonderful story of Henry Sugar, Wes Anderson's short by far is the best short right. in all fifteen. And that's, I mean, the, just, that's, that's the one that's on Netflix too, right? Are they going to vote for him? I mean, I was just reading anonymous Oscar ballots right. and he doesn't belong in this category. It should be for up and coming filmmakers. Why is he there? One Interesting. Of I mean, there, anonymous ballot today. Uh, you wonder how long that feeling has been prevalent there yeah. too, because we see, we have seen in recent years, A-listers and A-list actors and stuff. And we think that they win the shorts and they, they don't A-list composers who are, you know, so well, Chris Bowers has that. a short, uh, the last repair shop. I wonder if that'll win. Chris Bowers, like we said, like A-list composer. Yeah. Green Book. Right. He had the uh, concerto 
is a conversation. Remember that one? Yeah, and that's what that's the one I'm thinking of. Where we thought he was going to win because he was the most well known name, and he didn't, right? Or He's did back he? here. He's back in it again. Everybody yeah. says the last repair shop's going to win. By the way, I don't know. I, I flip a freaking coin. We're going to have to really dive into the dive into the weeds on this one. It's going to separate the uh, the dopes from the geniuses there you go. in our predictions. By the way. Mm-hmm. Which are forthcoming. That is next on the agenda. Uh, uh, well, no, it's well, not. Sort we have, of. We have. Yeah, it's next. Next on the agenda, right? Right. What is next after on the, the MMOs? MMOs. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. Do, we're gonna do the MMOs because we are. We should written yet so there you go that's a, that's a lot of what's coming next to us but as always dear listener what matters are your thoughts comments questions and concerns about anything we talked about in this episode or anything we do here in the mmo empire you can leave us those on our social media as we are mike mike and oscar on facebook and instagram at mm and oscar on twitter or x mike mike and oscar at gmail.com.com and on reddit we are available wherever you do hear podcasts and if you listen to us on either the apple podcast or spotify app if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review if you appreciate what we do those help us out immensely thank you to everyone who has done so thus far uh michael we told the good people what's coming next. What are some words of wisdom to end on here? It is wise to, uh, it is wise to, man, I, am I out of wisdom? Is this the first time on the <laughs> podcast that I don't have any wisdom to impart to all the muggles out there, to all the muggles <laughs> listening? I, I'm, I'm blank. I'm blank. I think we were trying to come up with way too many. We did the old guy thing where it's mm-hmm. like when you hit near late 30s, you're just going to be old. That's yeah. it. We're fucking old now. We suck. That's it. <laughs> we can't remember shit. And those are your words of wisdom from Mike, Mike, and Oscar. <laughs> stick in a fork. Stick a fork in us. <laughs> Done. <laughs> oh, we got we got Oscar bets. We got a final preview with a certain somebody. We got an Oscar morning show. Maybe I, like we do an Oscars morning show if there's anything left to say. I don't. I, there may not be anything left to say right. on Oscars morning. We'll see. Because we used to have the independent independent spirits right. award, right? You know, to recap, like because yep. that was the night before, and we always listen. People used to listen to that like crazy the morning of, and then it had a shelf life because it was indie spirits. Right. Right. And then the Oscars were eight hours later. This is kind of the Oscars morning show that we're doing, the typical format. But we're doing it now. And we usually babble the same way because we're shot. Which we are. We're shot. There you go. (laughs) Guys, when reality sucks, you can babble incoherently with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. Trying is the uh, app. Yeah.